This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Wentworth Aesthetics. It's just about making you look like yourself on a good day. Um, if you have quite a lot of them done, yeah, there are lovely cases I've seen where women will look in the mirror and say, oh, now I recognise myself, um, which is quite moving, really. And welcome to Two Women Chatting. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. And it is a gorgeous spring day out there and it's feeling so sunny. I'm feeling refreshed and a spring in my step. And I've got my yellow top on, so it must be spring. It must be spring because she's brought out the yellow. At least I haven't worked the florals yet. That's the next thing. Oh yeah, we'll wait for that. Oh, but I was thinking, do you know, it's so hard. And I know I moan about this a lot, but it is so hard to drop any weight. I try really hard. I'm, you know... I play a lot of tennis. I'm quite fit. My cardiogram or whatever looks fit. I do watch what I eat. I don't eat a load of chocolate. I mm. do have a bit of Chardonnay here and there. But my goodness, it is hard to budge the inches. I've just given up. <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, <laughs> I've given up. Well, you walk the dog. I mean, you don't do exercise in that you go to the gym. Well, because my dodgy back, I can't, but I'm going now. Yeah. I'm sorry to get. But I think we've got to accept it's our age as well. But lots of people wouldn't. Wouldn't what? Accept. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you can, you do a lot of exercise. And I've seen your, what is it, your blood? No, what, your, what do you call it? Yeah. My BPM. That's the word, yeah. And it's low. So that uh, means yeah. you're fit. Yeah, I'm practically an athlete. You are. <laughs> steady on, steady on. But, you know, you are fit. And, you know, you worry that you, you, you're a little bit overweight. But I you look worry. fantastic. I mean, no, <laughs> you know, this wretched, stupid app that tells me what my actual metabolic age is oh. makes me want to weep. It really does. I, I've just given up on that completely. But this is the point. We worry too much about how we look. As long as we feel good, you feel good. I don't feel as good as you. I feel good when I look a bit better, if I'm honest. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not anti-aging. I don't get the anti-aging thing. I'm more pro-aging. I feel like a 40-year-old. Quite often I feel younger than that. Yeah, I just felt as she does. <laughs> yeah, very rubbery. <laughs> but, you know, my real age is older than that. But I want, no, I get more confidence if I know I'm looking oh, all yeah. right. Oh, no, I'd agree there. And yeah. I have to say that, you know, doing this, we've got more of a spotlight. I, neither of us love doing social media and doing, you know, pictures of mm. us. Mm. I'm so conditioned to hating every photo I'm ever in that I don't like it. But when I have been doing this, I have noticed, for example, that my my jowls, I hate that word. Isn't that, isn't that a horrible word, jowls? But my, my, you know, my chin and the other part, which is your jowly part, what do you hear? Well, it's just not the way I used to look when I was in my 30s, which is understandable. But I could do something about it if I wanted to. And I kind of do. Yeah, that's what they're saying about lockdown. So many people on Zoom have been staring at themselves in, in the computer screen, which you've never done before, and gone, yeah. "Oh, oh, I've got a line there. I've got this." I get it. I've just, I wouldn't say I've given up. I definitely want to get rid of my bags under my more bags than Sainsbury's and <laughs> find my top lip. <laughs> Where did it go, Liz? I don't know. That's what I'd like to find. That's another whole podcast. But that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's what you personally feel. You know, many people are anti any kind of. Um, Fiddling enhancement, around. Enhancement. Enhancement, sort of, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, but if you look at your face and every time you look in the mirror, you don't go, oh, you're looking good or you're feeling good or you just have something that you zero in on. I know, uh, you know, for some people it might be their nose or their mm -hmm. teeth, but there are things that you can do without going under the knife. And I would never, ever 
go under the knife knife. But um, I would certainly, I would certainly embrace anything that I can do that doesn't involve opening me up. I think it's it's it's, it's knowledge, isn't it? We don't know what's what's out there. Yeah. Well. It's lucky. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> you know, there is um, a lady who we've been following on Instagram called Alice Hart Davis. And she has put together the Tweakments Guide, which is, I have to say, a very, very handy resource for all. You know, if you're considering anything at all from. Well, that's the thing I want to ask her because. There are so many names and procedures and things that you can do. I don't know why we, you would use radio frequency or why you'd freeze your fat or what is, does does micro needling is that like loads and loads of needles? Does it really really hurt or is it? Do you mm, know what I mean? Yeah. But she has become an authority, let's say, on on non surgical treatments and tweakments, which we'll go into a bit. But that's exactly what I need is a resource that I can go to and just say, okay, I fancy having this done or I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to maybe doing something a little bit more, more than a skin cream. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know me. I'm not, I'm terrified of anything like that because I have such sensitive skin, big issue after my retinol, whatever I had put on, stripped everything. I am terrified. I'm not saying no. But I would like to know a lot, lot more before I went down that path. Well, I think that's sensible anyway, because even though these things are non-surgical, you can still do some damage to yourself that you could regret for a long, long time. Yeah. And getting the right practitioner and finding value for money, because, my God, it's not it's not cheap. That's what terrifies me, but that's another whole story, you know. But, but the cost of these, and if you go down that route, when do you stop? Yeah, it it, it worries me that it's potentially a Groupon. Oh, do you know what, do you know, you know what, what a Groupon is? Oh, it's, oh, gosh, that's an episode we should do. Groupon is brilliant. It's a company that brings together offers and Oh, it's out, oh I thought that was a procedure. <laughs> I know what Groupon is on the computer. Yeah, I've seen them there. It's like, you sure they, you haven't heard of this? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting my Groupons done, done on Wednesday. Oh, it's a fish. <laughs> do you know what? I think we need expert help. We Let's do. call in Alice. <laughs> So we're joined today on our podcast sofa by Alice Hart Davis. Um, she's a veteran beauty journalist with 20 years experience researching and trying out cosmetic medical procedures. So she knows what really works. And she now runs the Tweakments Guide, which is a content platform providing independent information about non-surgical aesthetic treatments like fillers and lasers. And she launched it back in 2019 to help people find out what each procedure involves and, importantly, how to choose the right practitioners and the products to treat whatever's bothering them, from frown lines to pigmentation patches. And I can confirm that at 59, she's looking amazing and happy to share her experiences and tips with others like our listeners. But honestly, to start with, the myriad of treatments and names it just confuses the heck out of me. It is a really confusing area. And I mean, that's very much why I set up the Tweakments Guide and, and wrote a book to sort of start with, just to try and give people some way of getting a handle on all of this. Because if you hear people talking about a, any particular treatment, whether it's some trendy kind of radio frequency microneedling, like the one Judy Murray had a few years ago, and you look it up, there's a mass of clinics offering it. There's a lot of people saying it's great. Some people saying it's not so great. 
So I wanted to provide somewhere that people could look to get some independent information about just what these procedures are, how they work, how they tie together, where you might want to start if you want to dip a toe in the water here and what it's all about, really, because as you were kindly saying in your intro, I've been looking at this whole area for a long time and I I find it confusing. <laughs> if I find it confusing, I know how much worse it must be for anybody who's coming new to the whole subject. Can I ask, you know, I am totally ignorant about all this stuff. I am interested, though. Um, what is a tweakment? OK, very good question. It's a it's a colloquial word for um, a non-surgical cosmetic procedure. And that's a bit of a mouthful. But these procedures, they they often get talked about now as if they were a kind of lunchtime beauty treatment. You know, young girls nipping off to have their lips done. But these are cosmetic medical procedures. You know, they involve uh, needles off an anaesthetic or energy-based devices, which are sort of highly sophisticated things. So they're not something to take casually. Well, you say needles, but but it's not knives, is it? No, exactly. It's not scalpels, so it's possibly needles. I mean, a lot of these things don't involve needles either. There's a whole raft of what we call energy-based treatments, which are good for skin tightening. And these are based on energies like laser, which is light energy, or ultrasound, which is you know, sound energy, or radio frequency. And these all have ways of stimulating the skin to or damaging the skin, basically, to make it produce more collagen. Collagen is very important because it's a supportive protein in the skin. It's what keeps our skin nice and strong and firm. So there are these treatments that don't involve needles, but the usual ones that people have heard of, things like toxins, wrinkle-relaxing toxins and fillers, those do need to be injected into the skin. And that's usually the sticking point for people who are, uh, no pun intended, who, who are interested in this. It's like, oh, but it's going to involve needles. But yeah, the, these procedures are a lot easier, quicker, less expensive than surgery, but they're not cheap. They're not that simple and they need to be done by experts. That's really something I want to stress. Yeah, so much. I mean, that's what scares me, just finding a trusted practitioner. And as Liz was um, saying to me earlier, the whole um, arena of aestheticians, does it come under any kind of regulations? How do you find a board certified or, a, you know, what do you do? That, that's the awful thing in the UK. I mean, there have been various moves to try and regulate the area. And we are about the only country in the developed world which doesn't have a proper licensing scheme for to say who should be allowed to do what and what qualifications they should have in order to do that and, and what kind of premises they should be able to offer them on. So at the moment, although wrinkle relaxing toxins, including Botox, I, I use that phrase because these things are prescription products um, and they're brands. And so, you know, there's something you can't sort of talk freely about. I would talk about them as education, but people, um, you know, might construe it as advertising, which is absolutely not. But that's a prescription product. But fillers, which are everywhere, are just uh, regulated as medical devices. So anyone can get hold of them. You and I in the postman can go and order them online. We can buy needles. We can start injecting anybody we want with or without any training perfectly legally, which is absolutely terrifying. And that's why it's so important to do a good deal of research. If you are thinking of committing your face into somebody else's hands, you need to know they're good and you need to know they have experience, preferably that they have medical training, that then they have taken a lot of um, specialised training in these 
cosmetic procedures because, you know, my GP has a lot of medical training, but I'm not sure I want her sticking needles in my face unless she has, you know, done the training, then had time to put it into, into actions because you all learn by experience. We all learn by experience. Well, I've noticed a lot of dentists seem to be doing the wrinkle reducing as a side hustle. But again, I'm confident letting them look at my teeth. Less so, um, I don't want to look permanently surprised. And I did have Botox once and I spent three weeks looking really surprised on one side of my face. Uh, <laughs> I, I might suggest that's not, that's not the somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. And also they should have booked you back in for a check over at two weeks in which they could adjust. Um, because unless they've taken a lot of time to get to know your face, most great practitioners will sit down and spend a lot of time consulting with somebody before they move forward to any kind of treatment. They will want to not only know a lot of detail about you and your lifestyle and your skincare habits and all the rest of it, but they will want to watch how your face moves to see how your face is aging because you know, toxin is not something you can do in a paint-by-numbers one, two, three, four, five here or whatever, you you really need to study people's faces because we all our movement patterns are all slightly different. So if you give somebody a very standard treatment, you can end up with some quite weird results. So that's really interesting. So when you have that initial consultation, they are looking at your face to see when you talk and when you blink and when you move. I never... It makes sense, doesn't it? That totally makes sense, yes. It does. And the really interesting thing is all the great guys I know who've been doing this for like 15, 20 years, and so they are super experienced. They all say the consultation becomes almost the most important part of the whole treatment journey for them with any new person. The longer they've been doing this, you think they might just get you in, sit down and off you go. But they find that initial consultation is absolutely crucial for everything going forward. And with looking at somebody's face, there's things you don't know about your own face. I never realized I have a tendency to pull down the corners of my mouth and make that kind of grumpy face unless, um, you know, until a nice doctor pointed it out to me and said, you know, I might actually zap these muscles here and here. These are the ones um, I'm poking at either side of my chin where, you know, if you were to make a cartoon face, you know, turn that, turn that smile upside down, release those muscles a bit and the corners of your mouth will go up and you won't look quite so grumpy quite so often. So that's really useful. Founded by Dr. Nishi Duna, Wentworth Aesthetics in the beautiful village of Sunningdale, Berkshire, provides treatments from anti-wrinkle injections to dermal fillers and laser procedures to medical-grade skincare. Dr. Nishi and her highly experienced team have hand-selected only the very best treatments and products on the market, proven in safety, efficacy and optimal results. Following a free consultation, the salon offers packages or individual treatments for body, face and skin, ensuring every client is 100% satisfied with the end result and walks out feeling rejuvenated and delighted with results. They even offer exclusive VIP evenings. And guess what? Dr. Nishi has got a great offer for our listeners. If you quote TWC10 when booking, she'll offer you 10% off any treatment. Check out their website, wentworthaesthetics.com for more details. That's www.wentworthaesthetics.com. Don't forget your offer code TWC10 when booking. So for midlife women, we're talking about tweakments, particularly because 
I mean, both Liz and I try our hardest to live healthy lives. We both do a, a certain amount of exercise. But there are things that you can't shift easily when you get to midlife. And that's hormone related. That's all sorts of things. Your metabolism is slowing down. We're not really talking about younger women going for fillers and wrinkle release and so on. What's one of the most common areas or most common questions you get from midlife women when we first start thinking, oh, I, I, I wouldn't mind a little something? I tend to get asked, what is the best treatment for a midlife face? And that's an impossible question because we all are different. Our faces are aging in different ways. And if people go to a cosmetic doctor, they will often suggest more than one treatment. So people will come back to me and say, but which one do I really need? The trouble is that there's a lot going on in our faces, but particularly by the time we hit our 50s, because we've got those fat pads shriveling and dropping down. We've got the skin getting older and looser. We've got bone resorption. So, and we've got pigmentation too. So there's a lot of things going on and there is no one tweak that will fix them all. So when the doctor says, you might need a bit of skin tightening for this or fat busting for that or depigmentation for the other. They're all different because everybody will tend to look at themselves in the mirror, put their fingers on their cheeks, move those uh, cheeks or the, you know, the loose bits up and back a fraction and say, that's all I need. But, but to do all that kind of takes a facelift and to do it with treatments takes quite a lot of things put together. So that's why a practitioner may suggest a few things or they'll suggest you try one then another um, and if you know that in advance then you don't rush away thinking hang on am I being upsold on something I thought could be simple they, they need to explain that aging is a multifactorial process that you need to start somewhere so start with what's really bothering you when you see the results of that and depending on your budget then maybe move on to the next bit but I find for myself it's a bit like painting the fourth bridge, I always think, because of <laughs> clear pigmentation with laser, then all oh, the frown lines will come back in. So I need a bit of relaxing there. Then all oh, my contours are dropping. Let's prop them up. Um, and then the skin might need a bit of tightening overall. So, you know, you can go round and round with this, but you, know, you don't have to do that. Um, the other thing I'd love to say is it's not necessarily a slippery slope because people think if you start with these things, you can't stop. And of course you can stop. It's completely a matter of personal choice. You can try something once, never go and do it again. But what is maybe the slippery slope is that if you like the way one of these procedures make you look, you know, whether it's profilo, like you said, to give you that sort of glow and hydration in the skin, or whether it's just not having the frown lines between your eyes, you will want to go and do that again if you liked how it looked and then you went back to looking like you did before. So that's the sort of temptation to go with it. And the, the other thing you always need is a friend who will tell you Honestly. when to stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because if you can't do that for yourself, you know, we all see bad work out there the whole time. Nobody notices the good work, interestingly enough. Um, people say, oh, I've never seen good work with fillers, but they have. They absolutely they have. Because it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's imperceptible because it's lovely, it's gentle, it's natural looking. So it's but, not trying wow. to overstate. It's just trying to get you no. back to your sort of natural radiance. Totally. It's just a little enhancement. But, you know, we are really good at spotting bad work. Our eyes can tell when something is off. And that's what we see. And that's what scares people about treatments. But, you know, do it gently. Go to the good guys. You know, it can all be a positive thing. And they can find the good guys on your website. Yes, they can. 
many of them. I haven't got everybody yet, but slowly I'm roping a, a great many of them in. And I love the way that you can put in the, your postcode because I yes, <laughs> I admit yes. I've done it. Right? Yeah, I'll be doing it. that later. Do you know what? I'm I'm totally proud of if I if. <laughs> for example if look. i've done just anything yeah, just no. to know that the that people are there and you could you the first thing would be to go and have a consultation and just have a chat there is no compulsion to go and do anything afterwards you know it's quite rare for practitioners to treat at the same appointment that you have the consultation they want you to go away and think about what they've said for a week or two before you do anything Possibly you might not come back for a year or so, you know, you might not go back at all. But it's to have that conversation and then at least you know what your options are. It's like going into a restaurant and being given a menu. You can choose from the starters, the mains and the desserts, but you don't have to have all of it. You don't have to have a three course meal. You can just have a little snack. Absolutely. And people also often want to say, wow, Shirley Ballas had this procedure or Kim Kardashian's been trying the other. Should I have it? And you think, well, do you look like them? Is your skin the same as them? Is your bone structure the same as them? You know, would it suit you? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can make a guess. But I would suggest you go and find a great nurse, dentist, surgeon who is an expert in aesthetic stuff who will say, actually, you know, for you, something else would be more beneficial because people will often want what their best friends have had. It's the same with face creams. You know, they'll say, oh, this is amazing. And haircuts, yeah, just because it looks I've always wanted them. to look like Jennifer Aniston. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, it's it's, it's been not there. following the trend. It's, it's it, what suits you, and that's it, I oh, think. Yeah. Yeah. Too it many follow the trends. about trends. I mean, the trends in this area are really quite alarming, and, and it tends to be the youngsters who'll go for them, because it's things like um, the fox eye. What I'm doing here is putting my fingers on the outside corners of my eyebrows and yanking them up towards uh, the corners of my uh, brow. And that's what you could do with a thread in there. Though why anybody would want a thread in the thin skin of their forehead, I do not know. Talking to trends, what's that injection people are using that has a different use and it all catches up with you? Is it something beginning with a QU, Quampic? Or? What a lot of people are talking about is the popularity of this weight loss drug. It's that's uh, the one. injections. Mm. That's the it's one. either Ozempic or Wigovi. There's various uh, versions of it. It's a drug called either laraglutide or semaglutide. Um, and the um, it's been hugely popular with celebs. So they have these injections. It, it alters your appetite. So you just are not hungry. So people lose a lot of weight very quickly. But if they're losing it off their body, they will probably lose it off their faces and their faces will look hollow. But you can always prop the faces up with filler. But it has become a thing. If you Google Ozempic face, um, O-Z-E-M-P-I-C face, uh, you'll, you'll get a lot of people talking about it online and showing showing what they mean. But basically, we all know what it looks like if somebody's lost a lot of weight and is looking very gaunt, it's usually because they're quite ill. Um, you get can get that that hollowing, um, but yes, the general thing has been always before, isn't it? That once past the age of forty, you've you've got to choose where you want to keep that lovely curve enhancing fat in your face or in your body. And you know we're we're far less bothered about it on our bodies now. I like to think you know it's, there's there's not just the one size 
fits all beauty ideal that was so prevalent when when we were all younger is there that's true and you can also wear clothes that are figure enhancing or figure reducing but your face is on display most of the time now that we're out of covid and not wearing masks sure. so that's kind of the first thing you <laughs> see isn't it i tell you what the uh, with the other thing uh, that's become a it's become a sort of trend on tiktok i think just because the youngsters haven't been talking about it before but it's for removing buckle fat. Now, buckle is anything to do with the cheek area. And we need the fat in there to kind of keep our faces nice and full looking. But if you're young and you have a solid face, it, I mean, it is a way to instant cheekbones. You go in on the inside, surgically remove a little bit of that fat pad and I'm sucking my cheeks in now. You've got instant, lovely, hollowing cheekbones. Yeah, I would have been tempted because I never had cheekbones till I was about 40 and my face started just getting naturally thinner with age, which it does. I know I get a lot of people online saying, mm, you seem to have, your face is looking more gaunt. Is it because you did all these procedures years ago? No, it's because I'm getting older. You know, I'm getting older and this is what happens um, in a face like mine, not in everybody's face. No, mine goes so, wider. Well, mine always has been mine. So, Seriously, know. I like get rid of some of this plumpness. Don't need it. Oh, dear, we're all we're all so different. And um, but if you take this buckle fat pad out uh, when you're young, um, it can very much accelerate how hollow your face may look with age. So um, I think everybody's talking about it on TikTok. I very much hope they're not actually doing it. Tread because warily because but yeah, but there will be some people to roost, doesn't it? Yeah, but some end. some will do it. Of course they will. Yeah, because they'll yeah. just follow the trend. And of course, we should accept ourselves as we are and be happy with ourselves. I, I get told that a lot, you know, if only you get over yourself and just be happy with who you are and how you are. And I think, yeah, but that is that is absolutely the quest of life, isn't it? We want to uh, be happy with who we are and that would be lovely. But meanwhile, I enjoy um, playing with trying out treatments. It's my, you feel been my good. job yeah. and I've had the opportunity to try these things and I'm vain. So I'm very curious to see what they can do. Uh, so I'm not planning to stop just now. Yeah, one of the questions that sort of sprung out at me is, is ageing gracefully morally superior to intervention? Oh, I put that in because I wrote a post about it, just because when people come back at me saying you should just age gracefully, there is this feeling that they've somehow taken the moral high ground by saying I'm not the sort of vain idiot who is fruitlessly trying to preserve her fading looks with intervention of one sort or another. And I can see the point, but you know, there's nothing graceful about ageing, all this business of our faces collapsing and fading. And you know, we're lucky to live as long as we do now that we have the opportunity to see how we look at 60, 70, 80, rather than you know, 40 years and you're done. I've always promised my kids that I will age disgracefully. And you, and you are. Back to your to your questions about how you feel in midlife. You know, it's when you can wear the purple hat and too bad what everybody thinks. And you can give your opinions and all the rest of it and behave disgracefully because why not? But with face, I choose this path I've chosen. I know most people would not go that way. They would go for the what they call graceful ageing, and it's each to their own. But I don't think one is a morally superior choice to the other. Is it? It's similar to natural childbirth. 
you know oh goodness you know, do you want drugs do you not want drugs oh, do you want oh, drugs even less there you know if your body is not um built the right way to deliver that that baby you are going to need help at some point and um thank goodness modern medicine can do that so but i i know i mean my children are in their late 20s now but um there was a good deal of that back then i gather there's a great deal more of it now and it puts so much pressure on people to try and do the right thing and it's not right it's what's right for you it's things like i look tired people tell me i look cross when i'm not is that called resting biatch face possibly but it's it's not even that you know i find it my mum kept saying don't look so anxious i'm not anxious i'm just thinking and it's feeling you particularly once you're into the sort of perimenopause and menopausal stage of feeling that you don't quite look like yourself anymore that you've lost yourself I mean if you'll be feeling you've lost yourself in many other ways also people will see that their faces aren't looking like they used to kind of obvious we're aging but they also know that there's stuff out there that can be done so they will often come to me or look at my um, website for some inkling about what all this stuff is and how it can work to be helpful because what we don't realize even as we're going through life often is the way our faces are aging we know what an old face looks like but it's not just the skin getting wrinkly you know the the bones are shrinking in our face the bone is being resorbed at a faster rate than it's being replaced so our skull is actually getting smaller you know our eye sockets are getting bigger in our heads so when we feel maybe our eyes seem to be falling back into our heads they kind of are one of the most common complaints is jowling You you know either if you have a narrow hollow gaunt face um you get kind of loose saggy skin and jowls or if you have a larger face all the fat seems to come out of the useful places in your cheeks holding up the cheekbones and it collects under the chin in a double chin or jowls and you know we all we all completely hate that it's also quite difficult to fix with with tweakments so there's a lot of tweakments that can do a good deal around the jawline but it's a really tricky one for midlifers because the quickest, cleanest and most effective thing would be to have a lower facelift. But most of us aren't really up for that. But Shirley Ballas had incredible results and you wrote about that, didn't you? And she was very open about her before and after pictures. Uh, if, for our listeners around the world, Shirley Ballas is a judge on Strictly Come Dancing. And how old is she? She's 62, I 64, think. 64. Yeah. 64. She's in her 60s, but my... Goodness me, these staged pictures before, it took, what, a year of treatment, I think, with... Um... She had treatment, exactly, over the course of a year with Dr Judy Todd, who is a very well-known cosmetic practitioner, and mostly using this new treatment called Neogen Plasma, which is quite hard to explain, but let me have a try. Um, plasma is a kind of energy, not plasma-like blood plasma, but it's a the fourth state of matter, if you boil water, you know, it'll turn into a gas. If you kind of boil a gas, this isn't a very exact scientific explanation, but you'll get the idea, it, it turns into plasma. So it's a kind of energy and it creates heat in the skin. So it's damaging the skin tissue below the surface of the skin. That damage wounds the collagen, which starts to sort of reform and regrow. And it can be done reasonably aggressively in like one big savage session 
which you might need to go and hide away for two weeks afterwards. Or what Shirley did, which was really interesting, was to have four, five low-level treatments over the course of a year. And the effects build up because when you damage that collagen, it grows back stronger and tighter. And the collagen, it's a bit like flash frying a steak. You know, when you damage the collagen, the, the fibers shrink. So, I mean, you, you, so it needs to be a controlled kind of damage. You don't want to kind of completely zap it to bits, carbonize them, kill it all. But, you know, just a, a bit to damage it. Then when it comes back, it comes back stronger, firmer, tighter. And you can see as you said, in those staged photographs, they were very carefully done with the same lighting, the same angle, with her looking with the same expression at the camera. And along the jawline, which is where you get this dreaded kind of droopy bit down here, you can see there's a clear bulge as she starts off the treatment. And slowly, slowly over the months, it tightens back and goes away. And that is a really extraordinary thing to be able to manage with a non-surgical procedure. So yeah, we've all been a bit agog about that. Not cheap, though, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> what type of price are you looking at, though? If you go for a one-off treatment, it will probably cost about £3,000, £2,500, £3,000. But if you go for repeated treatments, they'll probably cost £800 each. It depends where you're based. but And you might think, mm, 800 times five adds up to a lot more than two and a half thousand, but then you're taking up nearly an hour of the practitioner's time each time, even if they're just putting a lower energy treatment in. But some of the guys who do the treatment say it can give results equivalent to a strong lasering, a sort of old fashioned laser that, that would tend to burn off all the skin on your face. And then you have to hide for weeks, if not months, to let it regrow. So the plasma is an interesting treatment that can give not dissimilar results to strong lasering, but with much less downtime. So, I mean, you, you said it's not regulated. That sounds quite, um, it certainly sounds like a treatment that someone really has to have amazing knowledge of. How would we find somebody? I don't even know the language to ask somebody. When I look at these profilos and, you know, there's skin peels and microneedling and fat freezing and dissolving and the high intensity focused ultrasound and the radio. My gosh, my head literally is like I start spinning like Beetlejuice. I wouldn't know what to go in and say, or, or do I just go in and say, here's my face. What shall I do? The key thing is to find a really good practitioner. And, you know, this is where I'm trying to help with the tweakments guide by providing a list of practitioners that I would trust with my face. They're all around the country, um, face or body. We haven't got body tweakments on the site, but we soon will. And uh, these are people who, yes, they have medical training. You know, yes, they have a, you know, certificates of this, that and the other. But it's very hard to evaluate, you know, who's good in this area. So I've done it on reputation. A lot of these people are people I've known for a long time or they have been recommended to me by other practitioners I trust or they are key opinion leaders for some of the best known brands in this space, the ones that make the very reliable, good technology or the great fillers, which have a lot of um, evidence behind them. You know, the best kind of fillers, they will be put through endless testing. They'll get in the States, they'll be okay by the FDA. So, you know, the good products tend to have a lot of research development and credibility. Cosmetic nurses were the ones who really got this whole field going. But as long as this person is really good with what they're doing, you need to go and sit down in front of them and say, this is me. This is my face. This is what bothers me. That's what they'll ask you. 
what what's your issue um they should listen to you and and yeah what are you comfortable doing they will want to start you on some great skincare because skincare is absolutely paramount in this area that can do a certain amount and they won't want to take you beyond your comfort zones so if you say i'm happy to have a bit of very lightweight lasering or intense pulsed light to get rid of these pigment patches, but I no way want needles stuck in my face. You know, they can they can work around treatments that are completely non-invasive. And if you say I want the Shirley Ballast thing and I want it big and I want it now, they'll they'll cancel you around all of this and maybe suggest, you know, how you get yourself in shape for that again with some great skincare and treatments beforehand so that your skin is in good nick to respond to that treatment. Can I ask that question? You're talking about good skincare. What do you mean by that? Oh, okay. Uh, what I prefer is the kind of active um, medical grade skincare. Medical grade is not a term that's recognised in, in law, then nor is it a cosmeceutical. But what it means is skincare with active ingredients, ingredients that are really going to do a good job, antioxidants like vitamin C to strengthen and brighten the skin or retinol or other retinoids, which will um, help the skin repair itself. And those ingredients, not just shoved into a product or with a dusting of them, but those products used at a concentration and in a clever enough formulation that they can be delivered right into the skin where it's needed. And that's what makes a difference with a product. If you've got the active ingredients that will get where they're needed in the skin, they can really make quite a change. And people who've been using high street skincare and dabbling with this and that are often very resistant to the idea that, you know, if you step up to these doctorish looking products that they might actually do anything different, but they, they really can. So that's what I would prefer. The key thing is with skincare to wear sunscreen every day. If you're going to do nothing else, wear sunscreen. And that sounds really basic, but it's an anti-ager all in itself because it is preventing immediate damage and preventing sort of future damage stacking up in the skin. Because, you know, we think of all these signs of aging that show up on the face, you know, the little fine lines and wrinkles, the age spots. We think of those as just life, but it's the effect of daylight, ultraviolet light, boring old uh, normal daylight, not hot summer sunshine, but UVA, which is the longer wavelength than UVB, the burning one. UVA stacks up very slowly over time causing that damage and that's what results in all these things that show up in our faces so if you wear sunscreen you are helping yourself enormously and then add in the active ingredients so that's almost tweakments on a budget isn't it your basic tweakment if you're looking after yourself is look after your skin with sunscreen drink lots of water and i know you're a big proponent of vitamin c aren't you Yes, I like a liposomal vitamin C supplement. Um, a liposomal is one that's got the vitamin C wrapped up in little fatty particles so it doesn't irritate your stomach and it all gets right through into the into the gut. And I was persuaded of this by being put through a, a trial with this stuff a few years ago where um, I had to stop all the treatments and elaborate skincare for a few months and just take a lot of this supplement uh, but it did wonders for my skin. So I haven't uh, you know, it made it stronger and better hydrated. And I haven't there stopped taking it since. So that's ingested rather than topical. 
Yes. So would the same be the case with collagen? You've talked about like bringing the collagen back into your face through treatments, but could you also take a collagen supplement to enhance that too? Yes, collagen supplements are subject of a lot of debate in the skincare industry, but I find them helpful, as do many other people, even though the studies to show they work are pretty small. They're sponsored by the brands themselves. And yet there's so much anecdotal evidence. I don't think everybody can be massively deluded. I mean, I've been taking these things on and off for 10 years now, and I've been pretty consistent the last five years. But it's one of those things, whenever I write about it, there's a lot of cross people saying this stuff is completely unproven. But back to your original point, yeah, you, the skin is a two-sided organ and you know, just nourishing it from on top with lovely serums of vitamin C and retinoids, glycolic acid, whatever, is only doing half the job when you can also be nourishing it from underneath with added um, vitamin C, collagen or, or probiotics, interestingly. Um, you know, if you improve the gut health enough, that has a knock-on effect on the skin. That's what I was told. And I've just literally started taking a very high dose of vitamin C. I was advised to do that. If it's a fizzy high street vitamin C... It's not. It was. I have. A, I have regular facials, and that's. She did a, a, a facial. You know, whatever a mask or something. The vitamin C, and I came out, and I said the difference was incredible. I couldn't believe it. And she recommended. I can't remember what she's recommended to take. It's not a high street one. Um, and I've just started taking. I think. I think it's making a difference. I think that's such an interesting way of looking at it, though. That the skin is a two-sided organ. That makes absolute sense to me. So you can put things on top. You can ingest things as well. And, you know, obviously you're going to get double duty on it, if you like. And also with the things that you're taking as supplements, it's going to benefit the skin all over the body because it's not just going to go dum, 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 straight to the face. You know, <laughs> I, I find um, it's when my scaly shins start looking less dry. But <gasps> yes. you think, oh, yeah, these things are <laughs> yes. really kicking in. And, you know, joints and, and, and everything else, it's just... Um, and, and I find hair, skin, nails, um, eyelashes even, uh, the collagen's been really helpful for that. And I'm sure the vitamin C helps too. And then people say to me, well, both of these things, you're telling me both these things stimulate collagen production in the body. So why are you taking both of them? Couldn't you just take one? And then I run off to the researchers who do all the detailed stuff in this area and say, it seems to me that they're working by different mechanisms. Um, therefore, they'll have a kind of synergistic effect. I wouldn't want to drop either of them. Um, and the last researcher I asked said, yeah, no, he wouldn't either. He was taking both just for insurance. But I do appreciate these things get expensive. So it's kind of deciding what you've got to spend and where you want to spend it is also key in this area. And that, that's part of the consultation with the practitioner you go to because you know, there are some people who will drop £3,000 on a Shirley Ballas style treatment every six months or so. Um, but there's oh, an yeah. awful lot. How long does it last? Will she have to do it again? It's one of those things that once it's done, it's made the difference. It's done that tightening. It's done that um, rejuvenating. Um, but the ageing clock ticks on forward. So it's not like um, with injectable toxins, they... Um, soften the ability of your muscles to contract. So you see a decrease in wrinkling, but then the effect wears off and you go back to how you were. But it's not like that with energy treatments. Once they've 
shrunk and tightened the skin. Um, that's how it is. But obviously, life carries on. Gosh, I could sit and talk to you about this all day long. <laughs> I have so many more questions. We might have to have you back on again, Alice. Would that be all right? Maybe. Yeah, of course. You know, get people's questions because it's answering real people's questions that always brings me back down to, down to earth rather than talking in highfalutin terms about... Um, Plasma is this kind of energy, which means nothing to most people, and I find it hard to grasp. Um, and it's it's talking about how these things are quite scary to get into. And even now, after many years of trying things out, when I go and sit on somebody's couch and they're about to zap me with a laser or stick a needle into me, I always do wonder, is this a time where it goes wrong and I'm left with a having to wear a paper bag on my head for the rest of my days. That fear is very real. And if you haven't done it before, you know, you're putting a lot of trust in that person who you are paying to do something to your face, which is why you've got to take the time to find somebody who's not just good, but somebody who kind of chimes with your personal aesthetic. You know, if you walk in and they've got a super overdone um, person on the front desk who looks far too shiny and bright and filtered, you might think, this isn't for me, but, you know, maybe that is the kind of look you like. You know, so you need to find a practitioner who's, who you can be confident is going to give you the kind of results that you will like. Tweakments are not about looking like Barbie. Tweakments are more about making you look like yourself again, is what I'm getting from this. Exactly. It's just about making you look like yourself on a good day. Um, if you have quite a lot of them done, yeah, there are lovely cases I've seen where women will look in the mirror and say, oh, now I recognize myself, um, which is quite moving, really. You should think, oh, dear, oh, dear, uh, that you felt so lost with it. Um, and and you, they often don't make a huge difference, but the differences kind of add up over time. And if it makes you feel positive about yourself and more confident that's only a question that you can answer, isn't it? Whether tweakments are right for you or whether you're happy with the way you look. And that's totally fine, too. Yeah, totally. I, I'm always very wary of being pushed into saying um, tweakments give you confidence, which you're not asking me to say. And thank you. But because it's not like that. But if you know, it's like having great hair or makeup or a really good dress or something, you know, if you feel that bit more confident because of this thing. And you walk a bit taller. I was about to say that. If if (laughs) your shoulders are up and you're walking (laughs) a bit taller, that's what it's about. So Alice, where can our listeners find your tweakments guide and learn a bit more about all the resources and the YouTube videos and everything that you put up there? For sure. It's online. Uh, The website is thetweakmentsguide.com. Um, I'm on Instagram and most other platforms as Alice Hart Davis. So Instagram is my main one, but I do put things out on LinkedIn. As you say, the videos are on YouTube, um, but it's more sort of easy to follow on um, the website. We have an online magazine called The Guide, which goes out um, well, sort of goes out continuously, but we round up the new news on that into a newsletter that goes out every two weeks. So if people want to subscribe to my newsletter they can do that on the website or on um, the Instagram and then um, they'll see everything that's coming up Um, and just to see what they make of it and drop me a line as well They, they can ask questions in all sorts of ways so you know if you're out there and thinking what is this all about you can stick a question into the ask Alice bit or you can ask could I do a 
video about it on Instagram, whatever the question is, because if you're asking it, I'm quite sure that there'll be hundreds of other people out there thinking the same thing. So, um, and I love trying to, you know, answer this and help people forward. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. I found that really, really interesting and enjoyable. I, I, you know, it's opened my mind. Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages. 